Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. Church, this morning is the last Sunday of October. And in October, the theme has been Love Is. And we've been talking about relationships. We've been talking about what love is as defined in Scripture. Who knows that we need a biblical framework for what love is in our generation? Who agrees? It's a little bit wild and loose out there, right? And we're not using and borrowing concepts out of the world and culture to define our relationships. And so we've been talking about what relationships are as designed by God because God designed us for relationships and um, he designed us to be in connection with other people. And so we've been talking about what love is according to the Word of God, according to design all through the month. And um, today we're going to do something really different. Today we're going to talk to a group of people who I find ridiculously inspiring. And, um, and so we're looking at this concept of status. Because when you talk about relationships, immediately you think in terms of categories, right? You think married, single, widowed, all the things, right? You think status because that's what humans love to do. We love to categorize. And so what I want to do is I want to invite a group of people on the stage who probably run rings around most of us, okay, but they're single and they've been single long term. And so I actually want to have a look at what is God's plan for the single life and how do we interact as either marrieds or singles or whatever status we're in. Okay, so I'd love for you to welcome my friends to the stage. Can we welcome Rob, Jerry and Talia to the stage? Come on, give them a big round of applause. It's a long walk now. It's a long walk. Come and join me. Grab a seat. Fantastic. All righty. Let me quickly introduce these great people to you. <laughs> no, you're done. That's good. It's good. Grab a seat. Um, we'll start with Talia over here. Uh, Talia is um, single, as we've said, and she's in her late 20s. Um, grown up in church. She is amazing. What's that? Late 20s. 26. All right. Mid 20s. Wow. Sorry. Mid 20s. And um, grown up in church, but does the single life with such conviction and clarity and, and boldness and ownership and um, just does it so much better than the great majority of people her age and in this season. And um, so she also is on staff here. Anything that happens here goes past Talia's desk. She's actually the boss. Okay, and um, just remarkable. So let's give Talia a round of applause. We love you. <laughs> Come on, own it. Sit up straight. <laughs> Jerry, Geraldine, many of you have heard from Geraldine. She's spoken a couple of times on the platform and in different things. But um, Geraldine has been single for 20 years after a divorce and um, has two grown daughters who both love God, who are both married to husbands who love God. Uh, she's a grandmother. What I love about Geraldine is that she actually is the picture of God's restoration um, in such a profound, profound way. And now lives in just this amazing life of victory, amazing life of just the testimony of the goodness of God in every area of her life. She's, um, 
She's a homeowner. She's a businesswoman. She's involved. She's a boots and all kind of person and inspires me to no end. So thank you, Geraldine. Let's give Geraldine a huge round of applause. Mr. Rob Church, you may or may not know who this person is. He sneaks in and out and works a FIFO job. So he'll do three weeks on, one week off. At the moment, he's on his one week off and, um, and has moved here recently in the last 18 months from Sydney. We won't hold that against him, okay? We still love him even though he's a New South Welshman. Um, and so when he was moving here, he says he was sussing us out, but he doesn't know we were getting intel about him from his church in Sydney. Um, you may, give me a wave if you know who Andrew and Janine Kabbalah are down in New South Wales, and they're actually an international ministry, healing evangelists, evangelists, and do work in the third world as well. So Janine, who is my friend, was texting me saying, this great guy is moving your way. We hope he lands with you guys, and here he is. Um, but Rob is um, also a single man, single for about 10 years, um, a daughter who's in her mid-20s and an amazing man of God. And um, he just, he's all in here, even though he's three weeks off a lot of the time. When he's here, he's here um, and he's in prayer and he's in support and he's just an amazing man of God. So let's give Rob a round of applause too. All right. So I think this is fun. I think this is awesome. This is essential for us to have this conversation. Um, but I'm going to start with some fun, a fun question. I want to know from each of you, have you got microphones? Oh, microphones would be awesome. Here they come. Um, I would love to know from each of you what your favorite movie is. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> when I was in the world, there was probably different movies, but now... Um, uh, there's some great Christian movies. So, uh, War Room. I like War Room. It's a good movie. one. Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't sort of... I always watch Christian movies now. Right. It's the same with music and everything. Uh, the Kendrick Brothers have done a lot of those, like War Room. There's a whole lot of that sort of stuff that's coming out. God's anointing the music industry, yeah. uh, the movie yep. you know, industry. Uh, so, yeah, any, any of those sort of encouraging where you cry. You know, you can cry and, you know, and it's good for your soul. Yeah. It brings you back. And so there's some great movies. So that, that type of thing. So good. Geraldine? Um, Schindler's List wow. is my all-time oh, favourite. has never left my heart. Yeah, I don't know if you know. It's about um, Oscar Schindler who um, rescued over a thousand um, predominantly Polish Jewish people from, um, yeah, the Nazis. Yeah, so it was a, a brilliant... I highly recommend it. it. It really did impact my heart. Yeah. Talia? Um, <laughs> mine's a little less heartfelt. Uh, <laughs> the OG Lion King. Anyone? Oh, 1994. Yeah. The soundtrack gets me that Elton John made. Right. It's a banger. Banger. Yep. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to throw a graphic up on the screen, which you may or may not have seen. for the single life, right? And I'm gonna, so a dozen red flags. Oh, thank you, I love them, right? I'm gonna ask you guys to give me one or two red flags. Red flags. <laughs> Rob. Uh, yeah, I, I'd said this before, yeah. I'm not really big on swearing. I think mm. out of the um, heart, the mouth speaks. Yep. So straight away, that's like, oh, no. Yeah. Don't like it. Yeah, awesome. 
You can even take that further and even just the topic of conversation. Out of the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah, yeah red flags, guys, red flags. Jerry? Um, well, I don't, re- I don't really, need to be- need, really need to read the Bible. If someone said that to me, I'd think, I don't know what I would think. Yeah. I'd probably run a million miles. Yeah. Right. If, it, right. if it was going to be like a, a guy that was going to, I was going out with or something like that, I just wouldn't go there in a million years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. yeah, I would say the same as Jerry. If their resolves don't align with mine, so God first, family, church, yeah. if they aren't important to them, mm. then maybe they won't be important. Right. <laughs> Red flags, definitely. Okay, so you said the word resolves. In your lives, um, as a single person, what are some resolves that you live by? Open floor. Jump in. Um, My primary resolve would be to pray, 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 (laughs) and seek God and his heart and his will for anything that is predominantly major in my life or any major decision, to not move out without um, seeking God first and getting, you know, three red lights, uh, three, um, three lights, three green lights. So that mean seeking God first and then, um, you know, aligning myself with uh, my mentors and so forth and asking them about things and getting green lights that way. So, yeah, being in submission. Yeah, I would say um, just trying to be a person of integrity. I think um, don't judge people and um, learn to love. Love is a huge one. Um, And if you're annoyed at somebody, I think, well, for me, the Holy Spirit will convict me later on about, like, really? And so uh, unforgiveness is a big big wedge. Um, So my resolve is to let things go and uh, learn to love. And that's a that's something that's a process. Um, we, you know, because you can get annoyed, um, but reality is, um, you know, I don't deserve forgiveness, and I have. So you've got to pass that on. Great result. Yep. Um, thanks, Rob. You stole mine. Um, <laughs> I'll just say a light ditto. But my parents always raised us on love God, love others. But when you love others, you have to love the person for who they are, not by what they do. So, um, yep, that's it. Good. Yep, full stop. Yep. Awesome. I was, I was actually hoping for some more single-type resolves, like living a single life. This is my result. But they were awesome. Can we give them a round of applause? That was awesome. So getting to the heart of the issue, um, Talia. Yes. Yes. Um, you do this life so well. It's admirable. You're an example. Um, what is your perspective? What do you think, sorry, what do you think God's perspective of the single life is? It's funny that the first word that comes to my mind is relationship. So my viewpoint of that is that my relationship with God has to come first. And then my relationship with others. Once you put God first, everything else flows. Um, I, I don't think that God sees single people different to married people. I don't know where um, the idea of if you're single, sorry, if you're not married, 
then you're less of a person. I don't know where that mindset comes from. If you have that, can you just like kick it to the curb right now? God doesn't see you as any less of a person, that you can't be used any less than a married person if you're single here. So just, I'll just let that be. Um, Yeah, I, I feel like every person has a calling and a purpose from God for that person's life. So I have to be obedient to that. Um, and whichever way God wants to use me, so be it. Yeah. Yep. So, Rob, Jerry, what do you think God's perspective of single? Because we see John the Baptist was single, Jesus was single, Paul was single. Um, so God created man and woman so that, you know, like the original design, I, I guess, is man needed a, um, you know, companion. But if if that so like like we're talking about in the Bible, um, Paul would say, look, you know, I wish you were like me to be single. Right. Um, and there was times that, um, yeah, I, I could really like uh, get up early in the morning at three o'clock in the morning. I'd go to the Blue Mountains of Sydney and and. Um, when sun was rising up, I'd be there on a cliff face, like with my hands up in the air, and I'd, you know, there's there's awesome times that I've had, and going down to the beach really early, and the stars are out, and and um, so I guess there's, I think there's seasons in your life that you'll, um, you know, navigate, you know, the complexity of life. It's mm. quite, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff going on, and yeah. um, so for me, I think, um, yeah, just uh, it's a season. It's a season whether you're single, you remain single, or you get married, you know, remarried. Um, As long as uh, it says in Ecclesiastes, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. So if, you know, uh, when you do get together, Jesus has got to be in the middle. Right. And that will strengthen a relationship. Right. Right. Geraldine, is the goal marriage? No, not for me. No, and I don't, I don't honestly think it should be for any single person as such because um, you get married and your whole life can come undone anyway. It doesn't right. mean to say that, you know, you're going to have the ultimate life because you got married. I think um, what I feel is, like, I'm blessed to be single. I was married for 22 years, but I have to tell you, I'm single and I love it and, and God has fulfilled my life in every facet and in every way I can honestly say I am blessed yeah over and above and I would never have thought that when I first read the divorce papers I can tell you that but I have to tell you God got me through and mm. marriage is not I don't believe it's if you're married great but I, I still think even if you're married that like the mistakes that I did was like you know I tried to change my husband and I have to tell you I've learnt that you, your relationship with God is you and God. So like even in a marriage, it's between you and God and then you work out your relationship with God. Don't worry about changing him or her. Think about yourself and how you can change and how you can, you know, uh, allow God to work in your life and then come together in that. And that's my, that's my thing on it now, my take on it now. Um, yeah, what can I say? I think single, um, we can have an amazing, fulfilled life. Yeah. I, I honestly believe that with my yeah. whole heart. Yeah. Mm. And, and I believe there's a purpose for us as single people. Yeah. And, and um, yeah. yeah. And Rob, you touched on the scripture, Paul writing to the Corinthian church, and he's correcting some of their 
bad theology about relationships, about sexuality, and he says to the church, I actually wish you could all be like me. I wish you could be single. <laughs> I wish you could, he's saying to the church, I wish you could all be single like me so that your um, loyalties aren't divided, so that you're not distracted, so that you can focus yeah. on the core. And there are some things that you guys can wake up and do on a Saturday morning that I can't. Right? I have, to, I have to check in with someone. I have all sorts of things going on. There is a unique blessing to the single life. And there is a unique call and power to the single life that, that Paul even said, I wish you could all be so single focused in being able to follow the call of God. And, um, and so, but, you know, for particularly you, you two, Rob and Jerry, um, life takes a turn and doesn't always end up the way that you planned. And so there might be a redefining that needs to take place. Um, there might be a season of, um, you know, journeying through that transition. What part did the church play for you in that process? Um, what part did discipleship pray, play for you in that process? Well, I mean, I know for me, without... Um, being part of a church and planted in a church and having godly people in my life to speak into my life on a regular basis and for me to submit to leadership and so forth was the making of my life in God. I mean, God works through his people and through his church. And so in discipleship programs and so forth, um, I actually, I actually disciple people now is because I can see the benefit. Um, it, we're not meant to be out there on, a, on our own. We're meant to be, um, you know, with people that are like-minded so that, because often people can see more clearly than what you can for your own life. So, um, yeah, I'd highly recommend dis, uh, dis, being discipled mm -hmm. and submitting and obeying. Um, that's all part of it. So that God can actually come and fulfil your life. Yeah. yeah. Give, you the, give you the life that he's purposed for you. Yeah, when we draw back from those things, I think we become an island to ourselves and there's only so much of God I think we can get on our own. Mm. Yeah. Any thoughts, Rob? Uh, probably just to paint a picture, that was, you know, going through divorce, that was probably the darkest moment of my life. Um, I don't think I ever th thought about ending my life, but I remember working all week and on the weekends I didn't even have the energy to open up the blinds. I just lie in the lounge so, um, yeah, that was a real, um, you know, that was a hard time. Yeah. And I understand, like, if, if anybody's been through it or is going through it, like, I totally understand that it's, it's a tough time. Um, being planted in uh, church and having uh, good pastors around me. And um, then, uh, like, I attended a life course that was called uh, Divorce Care. And uh, it was a small group, and we could just, like, mm. you didn't have to share, mm. but if you felt like it, it was a comfortable place. Mm. So we could sort of, like, and that's when I really, like, sort of, because there was other ladies there that were having, you know, they had to raise children without a husband and all that, and my heart started to break. I was like, here I am, a grown man, I've got to snap out of this. And it says in James, it says, pure religion is this, to look after widows and orphans mm. in distress. And I remember that was... Yeah, that's sort of like a defining moment. But the pastoral care side yeah. of it in church is, is yeah. Uh, huge. Yeah, yeah. So we've just 
just this year seen some amazing fruit around our pop-up groups. And so we've done four, uh, just about to finish our fourth one. We did finance at the beginning of the year and had people from all different spheres and all different stages in life coming and learning kingdom finance. And we did identity, which was a six-week course. And I mean, talking about identity in this culture, talking about gender, talking about sexuality, talking about God's design, and, you know, 70 people in a room every week for six weeks talking about those sorts of issues, again, from all different walks of life, all different stages of life. We encouraged everyone to sit at the same table every week. And I'm watching those relationships form. And I, you know, knowing some of the stories in the room, the wealth of connection that then lends itself to that person's growth in God is so powerful. And then we did parenting. And again, parents and grandparents, and we even had (laughs) young adults who weren't married yet and had no kids, came to the parenting course. And I'm like, that would be the smartest person in the room right now. Um, But watching that over four weeks, the wealth of that, because it's not actually about anyone connecting themselves to the pastor and submitting to the pastor. It's submitting to discipleship. It's submitting to the body of Christ. It's that connection that gives us wealth and moves us into our future. And so um, I love what you're saying about, uh, you know, moving into or through those seasons through connection actually is a support mechanism, but it's also a growth mechanism. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talia, any thoughts from your end of the spectrum around that? Around discipleship? Mm. Oh, it's necessary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I really don't know how people go through life without community. Right. When people make a decision for Christ, me already being part of the body of Christ, it's actually on me to see them, love them, and then coach them through that journey. Because making a decision for Christ is, it's, you're giving your whole life Mm. over to God. It's not a small decision. Salvation is no small thing. Mm. Um, So far be it from me to receive love from God, forgiveness, like what you said, from God, and then just keep it to myself. Whether I'm single or married, it's actually my job to disciple someone else so that they can reach their full potential in God. And I love that all three of you are doing that. Geraldine, you're now discipling women. I am, and I have to say, it's the greatest blessing. I grow all the time (laughs) by discipling others, and I'm I'm hoping they grow. But I, I, I cannot express to you enough is that when you look out for somebody else, God just like takes over your entire life. I just like I fall in love with God daily. Wow. I yep. just want to run to God and live in Him more and more because you get a heart. You know, you get His heart, and when you when you're getting His heart, you see things differently. You just want to be part of, you know, making a difference in somebody else's life because you can actually see what God has done in your life. I mean, God has done this in my life. It's like. I love what God has done in my life because I was a very broken woman. So he's brought me a long way and given me a wonderful life. Yeah, so um, was that the question? Oh, who cares? What's a rattle on about? Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right, yes. If you can bear with us for a moment, I want to talk about um, children in the process. So... um, it is often said that children are the casualties of 
family breakdown? How did you, as Christian parents, navigate your children through that transition, that broken family? Okay, so for me, I, I didn't want my children to grow up as casualties or victims um, of the broken relationship. So, um, first of all, I was very blessed. I, uh, God, you know, showed me to plant myself in the church with God's people. So I planted myself and I planted my girls. And they were in the youth, they were in the children's church. Um, I didn't use, I try not to use excuses to not be there. I had several jobs, you know, because I was, you know, raising a family pretty much on my own. And so I didn't want the fact that I was tired to rob my children of being in church and sitting under, you know, um, leadership and the anointing and, and God and worship community and so forth. So I did everything that I possibly could. God showed me that that was the key to, uh, for, for my children to be raised in church. They are both... Um, uh, walking with God themselves now, they're both married um, to Christian guys who love God. I mean, I prayed, I prayed, and I fasted for my girls because I wanted them to have the best life in God. Wow. I didn't want them to go through what I'd gone through. So, like, I, I, I asked for help as well, like, and I submitted. Like, sometimes it was hard because my leaders were strong and direct, which I thank God for now. They're, they're beautiful people. They're here. And, like, I couldn't have done it without the community around me, the church people around me, to help me raise, because it takes a community, I believe, to raise your children as well. They need to grow up with um, godly people around their life. And that's what brought them through, um, I honestly believe, 100%, is that the people that I had around my life, they, they, they had children and they grew up together. And we did life together. And we, yeah, we fumbled through, we made mistakes, but God always made it up to us and always got us through. I prayed with my girls. I took responsibility for my failings. I had many failings. Um, I took responsibility for my ex-husband and the things that had gone down between us that caused the breakup. Wow. And I believe it helped release my girls. I mean, wow. yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, so like I was saying before, that's it's a pretty dark time, you know, to be going through that. Um, just to have the whole, you know, like you've got to sell the house and you've got to do this and you slow my business because I was self-employed for 23 years and, and, you know, that was hard to sort of wrap that up around that time. But the, the, the big thing I remember hearing that my daughter um, had to go to counsellor at school. She was breaking down at school, not finishing. How old was um, she? She was 17, mm. 16, 17, something like mm. that. Um, so then it was like, you know, I've got to snap out of this. I've got to snap out of this. It's like daddy, um, daddy to the rescue. So uh, she failed uh, the HSC. She really wanted to be a nurse. Mm. And she didn't get the marks. She didn't fail. She, she just didn't get the marks that she needed to go to university. So um, I remember just praying with her. And she moved in with me because mum was with somebody else. And uh, she moved in with me, so I was a single dad, and you know, going through you know everything that I'm got single bro dad broken with a 16 in here. Year old daughter. Yeah, yeah. So legend. Um, I, I legend. washed all her clothes, made her lunch, and ironed her school uniform, and whatever, because she didn't really want to see her mum at that time. So I was like, 
Yeah, uh, and plus I, yeah, so I was dealing with stuff at work as well. So, um, but it, um, you just honour this man. Yeah. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. So, um, yeah, uh, well, um, so what I could do was pray, and uh, I learned how to pray uh, effective prayers because. Uh, yeah, because you can just throw off that. prayers and it's really not really biblical. Right. So you've got to learn the Word of God and, and I think everybody's got their own responsibility to learn it themselves. Right. Do your own ho- homework. Yeah. And um, so I was laying hands on my daughter every single night and, and just confessing and declaring Romans eight twenty eight over her life. And, um, Which is all things. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called, are called according to His purpose. Right. So... Um, and just declaring that, washing it over her life. Um, and so she finished HSE, didn't get the marks she wanted. So I, um, I helped her. We went in uh, and did a full year of enrolled nursing. Like it's a, a TAFE thing. It's a full time. She absolutely loved it. It cost me a fortune and I just paid for the whole thing. But then she went straight into um, university year two. She's now a third year registered nurse. She's the manager of cardio of the ward. Uh, at the New Northern Beaches Hospital um, in Sydney. So all things do work together for yeah. good. And you just declare it over somebody's life. Um, but I, I still remember having my, uh, you know, had that much highlighting all through the NIV right. soft copy. Yeah, and I've yeah. still got it there and I just wore it out. Yeah. And I was just declaring stuff and pacing up and down and just really yeah. trusting in God. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, so that was that. I've still got something else to say is that I, I honestly believe that because if you come from a marriage and you, you break down and you become single, it's not God's second best. I, I don't believe that a single person is disadvantaged in any shape or form. Yep. Um, I'm pretty much living proof of that, that God has done a, a miraculous work in my life and I don't feel disadvantaged. I believe I can have a very full life being single. Yep. Um, and, yeah, God feels all of my needs and yeah. all of my desires. Yeah. Um, I, I, in terms of raising the girls, I, I, um, I was vulnerable before them and I was honest before them as well and I think that's important. And I just want to say that if you are in that place of facing divorce or separation or whatever it might be, don't, don't be afraid. Run into God. Run into God. Yeah. Don't run away from him. Um, well, you just mentioned that God meets all your needs. Um, so, and he does. And I've seen it being raised by a single mum, the oldest of three girls. Our family broke down when I was 11. I watched mum come into church through that crisis, watched her be discipled by the church community. Uh, we very reluctantly went with her to church. <laughs> um, the most uncool thing for a 12-year-old is to be dragged to church by your mum. Um, But I I watched that whole process. I watched her learn scripture. I watched her pray. I watched her um, press into God and press into community. And I watched God meet all our needs. Um, And I want to ask a financial question because you mentioned you have to sell the house. I remember that. I remember all the assets being split in half. Um, This is real life. This is real life. This is not some lofty idea about how to live a single life. When the rubber hits the road, like God has to come through. 
um, but we also need to make some decisions about how we follow him in our season. And so I want to ask a question around finances, because if there's one thing I hear a lot, it's the argument about the single income. And so I'm disqualified or I'm excused from because I have a single income as a single person. What is your perspective? You are smiling. What is your perspective around kingdom, the, the kingdom finance and the kingdom purpose of a single person? Do you want to start? You look like you're bursting to answer this question. I just, I'm sorry, but I laugh every time when people are like the single person income, what is it? Single person income struggle. Yeah. yeah. I don't get it. Um, <laughs> just flat out, I don't get it. Uh, Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I do not want. Other translations say, I shall, no, I shall not lack. And so I cling to that. If it's in the word of God, it's true. Right. It's truth. And when I speak that out, firstly, when I believe it in my heart, out of the heart the mouth speaks, when I speak it out, I have to believe it. But then I also have to be obedient to it. So when I made a decision personally, wholly for Christ when I was um, 20 or 21. um, And I stopped you last service. I'm going to stop you again. So hold your thought. But Talia grew up in church grew up as one of those kids that was like sleeping under the pews, right? Because you're in three services on a Sunday and your parents are serving and and you see all the moves of the spirit and in and out of all the different, you know, stages of church life. But you were 21 when you made a decision to follow Jesus. So I just actually want to encourage any parent who's raising their children in the house of God Mm. that they may borrow your faith right? Or they may not. (laughs) You may be dealing with a 15-year-old who is looking like they're very far from God. Mm. Every single one of us, whether we grow up in church or not, has to come to a place where we make a decision for Christ for ourselves. Mm. I remember um, asking Sam this question because he also grew up in church. And um, and, and he, I asked him, like, when did everything change for you? And he said, when I became a Christian. And for me, that was a, like, because I didn't grow up in church, I had a very defining moment. I'm now a Christian. Mm. But Sam also, and you also have that defining moment where I can grow up in church, but there was a moment when I became a Christian. Um, So anyway, carry on. Well, I just want to, off the back of what you're saying, um, if you are a single parent or you're married and you have children who are wayward and you're praying for them, can I just encourage you, please don't stop praying. Yeah. I physically would not be here yeah. on this stage or in this room yeah. if my parents and my grandma, who's in this room as well, didn't consistently pray for me. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful reality. Yeah. I'm real. Yeah. And now I'm all emotional. Um, yeah, but when I was 21 and I made a conscious decision for Christ, I said to God, I'm like, all right, if you're real, like I've been taught my whole life. I've sat in services, literally like the modesty cloths in the 90s with my blanket when I'd fall asleep underneath the church pews. Amazing. Um, If you're real, I'm going to submit every part of my life to you and they will flourish. And so that is spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and financially. So I'm 26. I own my car. It's a new car. It's not like a car that just gets me from A to B because, again, I said, God, 
I tithe, I put into your storehouse, I'm obedient with what you give me. And so I would like a really nice fancy do car. And then <laughs> next minute, I have a fancy do car. Right. Which you paid cash for. I did. Yeah. So no debt to your name yeah. at 26 years of age. Yeah. And I live out of home. I still have savings. My friends who are my age, who are in debt, they come to me for advice. And I'm like, mate, it's really not that hard. Like you just kind of submit your life to God follow his words, and then bing, bang, boom, you're a blessed person. Right. <laughs> wow, awesome. Like, really? Okay. So good. Yeah. So good. Other end of the spectrum, what yeah. does kingdom finance mean to you? Okay, I was just picking up there on what Talia said, that her parents and her grandmother, grandparents had prayed for her years. But I have to say, I don't know if my parents prayed for me, but I do know that the leaders that I submitted myself to in the church, I know they prayed for me mm. and guided me through prayer so that I would, you know, have a blessed life. So, again, it's you bring yourself under the right people, um, yeah, that care for your soul. Um, in terms of finances, I've been on my own for 18 years now and um, I can honestly say um, I've never lacked I've never lacked finances. There were times when there was tough, when it was tough, and when I first came out of the divorce, um, things were split between us, and I thought I was doing the right thing and investing all the money with a investment company. And three years later, I lost the whole lot. Wow. And I thought my life was going to be completely ruined. And it tried to undo me because um, it was a major loss. It, 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 all, my, all my married life, what we'd worked for and I got half of, was gone wow. in three years. Wow. So it was basically I had to start again. But the, the thing that I actually learnt out of that and which has completely changed my life and I have to keep reminding myself of is that um, the day that it all turned around for me was the day that I handed... God, my concern and my fear and my worry about finances. I just handed it to God and I said, okay, I can't, I can't make this happen in my life. I can't change this situation. It's gone and I'm going to trust you with this part of my life. And um, How grateful are we for rock bottom sometimes? Yeah. It was rock bottom, but I, I have to like tell twice you. Twice in three years, but yeah. you're saying that was a defining moment. A very defining moment. I remember the day I went into my bedroom, slammed the door, and I said, "Okay, God, I don't care about that money. I don't care because it was a three. It was uh, it was a long battle. And anyway, uh, cut a long story short, I actually came because we we took the company on. Um, I had a, an advisor that said to me to take the company on. He was a financial ombudsman um, from Melbourne. I didn't know this guy. I believe he was. I to this day, I believe he was an angel from God. He used to ring me and guide me as to what to do. I had no, I had no money to get a solicitor. Um, but I, after three years, I went into my bedroom and slammed the door and I said, okay, I don't care about the money. I don't want it. I want you, God. And that was exactly where my heart had come to. And it was the most defining, like it was like, wow, I was so free. And um, less than a week later... I got a phone call from the ombudsman to say that um, 
it had gone to the panel and I'd actually won the case. Wow. So God had actually yeah. put everything back in my account plus more. So I say all that to say that God is into your finances. He's into every part of your life if you want to submit it all. And I don't struggle anywhere near as much with finances in terms of God has always provided for me. Rob, can a single person contribute to the advancement of God's kingdom? Uh, I think we touched on a couple of words there that I just thought was... um, So trusting God is is a big thing. And I think a lot of people um, have that uh, problem where it's like... Um, you know, we're, we're naturally, I think, we're, we're greedy. Um, I heard somebody say once that um, God will give you 10 donuts, uh, but he only wants one back. Um, but we tend to want 11. You know, so, uh, we, you know what I mean? And so we won't want to let go of that one donut. So let's see. But it's a trust thing. Uh, and God, once he can trust you, and I think uh, in our life we're being tested a on a whole lot of areas all the time. We're being tested for love. We're being tested for, um, you know, for um, generous heart. Uh, so talking about finances, uh, once I stood out and, and like, walking across the water, I was like, oh, finances. And then I remember there was a, uh, an offering time and um, I thought, I'm going to trust you with this. So I, I actually gave a fair bit of money and... Um, you know, and then it's like, oh, like, what did I do? You know, it's like, oh, no. So, um, but I learned how to pray for finances. So th- there's, a, there's keys to financial prosperity. And um, I think like in Mark um, 4, if you want to do your homework, uh, that talks about the parable of the sower. And uh, Mark 4 is the only one where Jesus says, hey, you don't understand this. How are you going to understand any of it if you don't understand this? So, so go over Mark 4 uh, there's power in um, praying for things according to the word. Even in uh, 1 John, it says, if you pray according to uh, my will, I will hear you. So his will is his word. So scripturally, if you pray and the word of God is sharp, you know, sharper than a double-edged sword. Um, so I learned how to pray and, and God's blessed me. I tithe all the time and it's the first thing. As soon as I see my pay, how much? And straight away it's like, how much? Because He's blessed me to be a blessing. And so um, uh, in December, I'm flying over to India. So we've um, just done a little side thing. And, and so, but this is God. This is not me. And I don't, you know, so this is, but I'm, I seem to be, you know, the vessel he's using. But we've bought land. Uh, we've built a two-story church over in, um, there's, there's uh, different, there's a whole lot of, I'm not sure how many states are in India. But this is the state of, it's called Andhra Pradesh. Um, and it's a town, a city called Rajamundry. And, um, you know, there's a lot of poor people there. And, and I feel like uh, you can really step out and make a difference. Uh, people don't know what you're doing. You know, you don't have to promote it. I know I'm saying it here, but God's got the whole thing under control. And it's like there's an orphanage there. We're just buying another block of land now. So the community can have value and work in the garden. So we're creating a garden and so people can have purpose and leadership and, and we can give food to the poor people. Uh, so, um, yeah, so it just, it's endless. Yeah. It's endless. So, uh, you know, it, it, you don't have to give a lot of money. So Jesus talks about, see that woman with the two copper coins. 
So it's a condition of your heart. If you're going to be a greedy person and a stingy person, or you're going to be a generous person. And I've also heard that uh, someone said, uh, the cemetery is full of rich people. So what's the point of that? You know, you're supposed to store up your riches in heaven. Right. So that's, that was my thing. So good. Thank you. I just want to say that but as a single person, my heart is to, I want to go out there and bring money into the kingdom of God. I, I, I don't hold back from saying that. I want to be used in that way because I think it's a powerful way to, um, you know, bring the kingdom of God to to earth. I don't, I don't believe we're meant to be paupers and without. We're meant to have so that we can actually be the blessing um, to others. So, yeah, like what Rob's doing, it takes money. And um, I think as a single person, you can still go out there and make money and make good money. There's plenty of people that have done it before, so why can't it be the, the um, people of God? Yeah. yeah. So great. Amazing. So good. And we had to encourage Rob to share a bit more about India. He just dropped it in the 8.30 service. And I was like, what? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I love that all of you live with that, that kingdom mindset of I'm here to contribute. I'm here to contribute. And I guess that's what all of us are called to live like, again, regardless of the season, the status. And, and yes, knowing that God meets all our needs, not for our needs, but so that we can meet others' needs. And he moves us into that progression, through that progression of maturity and restoration and wholeness. And do you all agree this is like the picture of wholeness here? Isn't it amazing? So, so strong. Well, as we finish, I'd love for you all just to share maybe one scripture that might bless us, that got you through a season or that you're hanging on to now. Just a scripture. Let's finish on the word of God. Just one? Just one. (laughs) Just one. Okay. So, um, you know, Jesus lived a life at 33. Uh, so we've some, you know, it can be 80 years, 90 years. So uh, right. I think uh, Hebrews 10:25 is therefore encourage one another as the day approaches. So we all need encouragement. Like I need encouragement. Pastor Sam, Pastor Carolina needs encouragement. Yes, we please. all. It's a long journey. And so uh, I think, yeah, exhortation is a good one. So I like, good. Yeah. So good. Gary, Talia. Okay. Um, Proverbs 3 verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Mm. Um, when I made the decision for Christ, um, I, previous to that, I didn't have great trust in people myself or God Um, but when I made a conscious decision I'm like all right God I'm giving everything over to you and it's actually (laughs) so freeing just to like surrender complete surrender and just know that God's got you for no matter what season you're in no matter what you're um, believing for if you trust God he's got you yeah I've heard that scripture so many times but you just emphasizing the word not Trust in the Lord with all of your ways, in all of your ways, and lean not on your own understanding. I'm going to have to think about that. Take my own understanding and not lean on it. Geraldine? Yeah, um, my scripture is Jeremiah 29.11. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Amen. And like I've lived 
you know, thinking about that scripture, loving it, taking it in, owning it, and thanking God that he has a plan for my life in whatever season that I'm in. And again, trusting God, letting go of my life and taking on his life so that his will can be accomplished through my life, whether I'm single, married or whatever. So my prayer for this morning was that we would walk away knowing that no matter who we are, no matter what stage of life we're in, no matter what our status or circumstance or condition, we're all called to two things, to live a life of integrity and a life of purpose, no matter what. When you wake up every morning, you are called to live a life of purpose and to do that with great integrity, to not cut corners, to not compromise. No matter what's going on, you do that, you'll walk in the fullness and the blessing of God for your life. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable, so real, and for being pillars in our church community. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.